I think a lot of artists don't realise there's funding for different levels. And their like, bigger funds are up to £15,000. I ended up becoming a marker for PRS for Music. It means I can look at other funding applications for other people. This is what I can tell you that works. you got to remember how many funding applications you might be looking at. When you're reading so many of them as well, it's like, well, you need to be getting your point across. What do you think, like, 90% of funding applications are missing? Well, 90% of them are missing a you're actively making it so I won't give you, I won't like put you forward for the money. Hello and welcome back to Sound Advice. This week I am joined by Grace Goodwin. So in this episode we're going to talk a little bit about getting funding and you've got a bit of a background in like terms of funding applications. Can you just tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I've been a musician myself for a lot of years and I never actually really applied for any funding. It's only recently I'm, I do a lot of mentoring and work with younger artists who are sort of getting on in their careers, like wanting to sort of develop themselves. And I ended up becoming a marker for PRS for Music, uh, which is basically one of the biggest uh, funding uh, models that we've got in the UK for emerging and more established musicians. It's one of the probably the biggest amount of money you can probably get given in the best way so I started marking for them and then I think doing that it means I can look at other funding applications for other people and sort of understand where they're going wrong and be that objective eye in a way now yeah because I mean there's a lot of you, you do the marking for PRS applications but there's a lot of similarities in the like the forms and stuff with different funds aren't there it, it's not even that the similarities it's knowing how to play the game which sounds unhinged to say but it's it's understanding what they're actually asking you because it's like is the question actually asking what you wanted to or are they asking something that you're not really getting an understanding and that's where the i think the objective third person of me coming in and helping can be really useful mm. so when when do you think artists should sort of start looking at going in for funding and applying it's, it's a weird question because it depends on what level you're at because I think a lot of artists don't realise there's funding for different levels. Like youth music is great. That's for people um, between the ages of, I think, I think, 16 and 25. And that can be quite emerging artists because obviously if you're between 16 and 25, you may not have established a career yet. And they do some really good funding models for like recording and release. And then there's help musicians, which is a bit more generic funding for any age group. And you can get that very early on, or you can use that when you've been a bit more established. And then I think PRS is probably the easiest to understand in terms of progression, because they have the mini accelerator funds, which in some cases are city specific, like there's a Liverpool one, and there's ones for other places around the UK that need that sort of funding injection. <coughs> but then you have like Momentum and Women Make Music, and their bigger funds are up to £15,000. So that's obviously a much bigger amount and that's when you're more established and you make a case for why we should invest £15,000 into your project. Yeah. So there's not, because I think I've seen a lot of misconceptions about like you need X amount of Spotify monthly listeners or like Instagram followers and stuff. That's not something you'd buy into. No, no like when people apply for things like this, you, you obviously get the social links and you listen to this stuff. But I think we look at where you are, what you've done, and what you want to do next, which sounds like the most basic thing to say. But I'm, I will look at like the followers on like your Instagram and think, does this match the trajectory of where you want to be and what you're telling me you're doing? Because if you're telling me that you're selling out arenas, not that anyone's ever done this, and you've only got three thousand followers, I'd be a bit like, well, the math isn't math on there. Whereas I think if you see that someone's got a substantial following, they've got a lot of engagement, they're actively gigging, it just looking at the socials backs up what they're telling you or looking at the Spotify as well and seeing their plays and seeing where they're popular and stuff, it can help to justify the funding a little bit, especially if they haven't articulated it as well in their own application. Mm. 
What what kind of things do artists that you've like worked with tend to use funding for? Like, what are they applying for it for? I mean, the majority is I want to make this album. That is the basic of it. Or I want to release this single, and then you get the odd <laughs> outlier of someone who wants to do like a really interesting, very out there creative project as well, or want to do a collaboration project. But the majority is I want to make music, and because of the way the music industry works i can't just f- fully fund this myself so i need that cash injection and that's the basics of most it of it sort of be like an alternative to getting like an advance on a record deal in a way essentially yeah it, and it's funny because you're even seeing with some funds and applications like people who are already signed to labels saying oh, really? like yeah it's quite common now um for them to be like oh well my label doesn't cover this part of the release like they may cover the recording but i want to apply for touring costs because my label because a lot of people sound like mini labels don't they? indies or like quite small little concerns and then obviously they don't have the big budgets to be sending you out and obviously everything is so much more expensive now than it used to be especially touring so i think a lot of people now are getting the cash injection like i've helped people who have been signed do applications and it's, it's crazy to think this person signed to a label and yet they're still needing the cash injection of, of foundations and charities and stuff yeah, I guess that's just how it works now, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it's just because the model is so precarious anyway now with everything and the way you earn your money is... is it It's... How do I even describe it? It's just a bit... Like, it's it's uncertain. That's probably the best term to use even now is uncertain then. So it, it's just become a lot more common, I think. You can't get by on just your own money i think there's people obviously from more middle class backgrounds who can maybe get cash injections from family friends things like that or may have the connections to do things for cheaper but for a lot of people if they want to work with a say at a certain level they need money to do that mm. well uh, you mentioned sort of part of it what are the different sort of eligibility requirements of these funding applications because there can be quite a lot of different sort of categories yeah. and stuff so with the PRS ones, with the the, the Momentum Accelerator, that's £5,000. And there's a Liverpool City region specific one. There's ones for other places, I haven't marked them. So the basic is you have to be in the Liverpool City region and a musician. That's the basics of it. That's it. And you can apply for up to £5,000 because this is a big problem. A lot of people think this funding's not for me. And it's then me convincing people, why is this not for you? It's that sort of confidence issue. Is that is that a common problem then that people just don't? Really oh yeah, they they just look at things and go, oh this isn't for me, and I'm like, well why isn't it? What are you going to lose from putting in an application? The worst they're going to do is reject it, and then you've yeah. written a funding application which you could then maybe rehash for something else. Or we go, okay, well if they've decided that you're maybe not at that level because you can get feedback for these things as well, mm. we can look at it and go, okay, well do we think maybe we need to go down a rung or two and look at where you are or what do we need to do to get you to the level where you probably be a viable funding application yeah is there any other artists that shouldn't apply for funding if that makes sense i think if you're like you haven't ever released a single you have you have no followers you have no fans you've never done a gig i think you're putting yourself in a hard position but then i do understand there's people who are like maybe bedroom producers and stuff who want to make it a more professional activity and they're like well i need money to do this so it can be a double-edged sword really of like you need to have established yourself a little bit and have done something Mm. because you've got to remember if these people are giving you money to do something you need to follow through so they would like evidence that you have already followed through yourself on things even if it's something small like a single release that was really good well especially because these these are usually grants which they're not going to get paid back so if they are going to invest it they're going to want to see 
like the benefit of what they've done because i mean you mentioned that a lot of them are foundations and charities so that's like obviously a really important part of it um so what does as someone who marks funding applications what does what does like a typical funding application look like like what are the different sections that you usually have to do maybe we could start with like the prs one but yeah well, it's completely different for every fund and so i, I would be here for hours going through them all, all the different ones but it's basically like here's an introduction <laughs> to me here's what i've done so far here's a testimony from maybe someone i know to back up what i've said maybe like a manager someone you've worked with a producer here's what i want to do with your money here's my budget mm. It's as simple as that. That's obviously in very simple terms. It's, yeah. it's more specific, but that's the general overview yeah, yeah. of how it works. So if we, so if we start getting in some of the some of the different sections, um, I think there's not going to be a funding application in the world that doesn't require a biography of some kind. Yes. So what like what do you think like goes into like a gripping biography? Make it short and sweet because I'm even guilty of this. I realised my my biography was like a and a wind and history of my life like i was born and i, and I was like you don't need this it's like you got to remember how many funding applications you might be looking at sometimes i'm looking at 30 or 40 i've been given a bulk of them and it's like it's not that i'm getting lazy it's just like when you're reading so many of them it becomes like oh my god okay this is another massive paragraph but it's it's so d- difficult to get over what you want in a short paragraph but try and write a longer one and then do an edit Write all the stuff you want and then be like, what do people actually want to know? Or do I tailor my bio- my biography for this specific thing I'm applying mm. for? Which I think is important. Don't just do the copy and paste of your biography. Yeah, I think one thing that I find quite useful for biographies and stuff, with doing that same method of sort of writing something longer and then making it shorter, is that's where I find using like some AI tools, like maybe ChatGPT can be really useful because I don't think they're generally very good at writing biographies and stuff. But if you want it to be like, you type in your biography and you say like, cut, basically cut the fluff out like cut anything that isn't important it's really good at like looking at like taking out the less relevant stuff that's something that i found quite useful with biographies for like the podcast and stuff um yeah you often you often only have a very short amount of time like i was looking i was looking at an example i think it was the youth music one and i think you had i think you had 50 words on that yeah and some of them you wrote some of them you have like 250 words and some of them the worst thing it'll say characters which you think oh that's loads and then you realize 250 characters is nothing because you, you're thinking, oh, 250 mm. words, I can get it across. So it's it's learning how to talk about yourself in a really interesting way in a very short amount of space, which yeah. is a nightmare. If you, like that 50 words one, I'd say that's probably like a, a paragraph. If you, had, if you had a paragraph, say like four or five sentences, what would you be, what would you be saying? So be like, this artist is in this genre or whatever, makes this type of music. She has been featured on Radio 1 she has performed with or uh, it's like i want to know your greatest hits what makes you sound if this was a sales pitch if you were selling yourself to me in an elevator of like i want your money what would you say what would be your greatest hits mm. and it's obviously going to be different for everyone yeah yeah so like so talking about just establishing who you are but without i think you mentioned that i was born in i think that's a really common yeah. mistake it's like i don't think people need to know when you're when you were born i think yeah it's, it's just all stupid stuff things that you think are interesting does anyone else think that's interesting? And I have been guilty of this myself when I've looked back at old things and gone, no one cares. Yeah. Do you think do you think it's important? You mentioned like Radio One, if you've been featured on that and stuff like that. Is it important to sort of put in those sort of I don't want to use the word clout, but like those kind of things that give you a bit of credibility? Well it just helps, doesn't it? Because it, it gives you a, a touch point as well for me to look at it and go, Okay, so you're <coughs> sort of facing yourself in that area. 
you want to be that type you want to be an artist who is featured on radio one and that's probably different someone who wants to be on radio two or six it's like it's sort of that cultural touch point of me sort of understanding who you are and if you be say like you've supported this artist on tour or you've played at these venues or done these type of nights it sort of positions you a little bit and where you want to be for me to understand it a little bit more as well yeah that makes a lot of sense um so moving on from biographies, another common aspect that you have to fill in the funding application is a budget. Mm-hmm. So where where do you really even get started with a budget? So I think a budget is where everyone falls foul. Everyone, really? most people have a really bad time with the budget. It's like they just make numbers up out the air. And I'm like, if I look at a funding application and you're wanting £15,000, for example, and you're spending eleven grand of that on PR, and I'm like, what 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 else, what else is the money going on? It it just doesn't look good. It's like, well, why would you spend this much? It's like, and then they don't justify it because you say how much you want to spend, and there's a little section that says like break down your costs, and then some people will just put in PR, and I'm like, what's that? I'm like, well, what does that mean? Are you gonna like do a promo tour around like rough trade record stores? Are you gonna do in house events? Are you, what are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna do interviews with these magazines? And it's like. If you don't justify your costs, it, it becomes difficult for us to justify it with everything. So I'm a real stickler for getting your budget right and mm. being reasonable, like looking at it and go, is this a reasonable figure? Because some people have the fear of like, they will just think, well, the £15,000 there, so I need to ask for it all. But you can ask for 13265 And if a budget's that more specific, I think you've probably spent more time on it. You've mm. probably actually gone through your figures. And it's... Making up, you can sort of tell when someone's made up figures. They've gone, well, I think this is going to cost this. It's like, well, what's the harm in you ringing up or emailing that producer's team and asking, what would it cost for me to do X many days in the studio? And then write that down based on, on their fee. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's like, it's like things coming in as like round numbers, a bit of a red flag. But not even round numbers, because sometimes that you do you have round numbers. But if someone's like £15,000 exactly, I'll go back and go, okay, well, what? where are these costs coming from so it's not exactly the round numbers problem but you do sort of notice that and go have they actually put the effort into right this or have they yeah. have they just sort of freaked out because i think a lot of musicians when they look at that they'll go oh, i'll just put in numbers that they're not going to go through it and it's like maybe i'm just the stickler but i will look at these budgets and go well, i don't really get where you're coming yeah. from with these figures or i don't know how you're justifying that figure to me for what you want to do and sometimes the budget doesn't match what you've asked what you're saying and all the written stuff it's like okay well where's this figure come from for this money and so it's like matching up the two things as i think people see the budget as an afterthought <coughs> but it is relevant but the good thing is you can be a bit more forgiven because we're not expecting musicians to be mathematicians as well so we can be it's when you mark and you can you are more forgiven of a budget but if it's a, if it's a glaring red flag you will be like do we have to raise this and talk about this as, yeah. as an issue yeah i think i think it's interesting because i wouldn't have thought of this before but is it, I think a lot of people, and myself included, when looking at sort of funding stuff, would think, so the budget is 1500 and then you start from there. But do you think it's probably better to start with what you need? Like what you, yeah, what you want it's, to spend? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great if there's, say it's the £15,000 or whatever. You don't need to go in for 15000 for for certain funds. It's like, okay, well, I only need seven seven 7300 to make this happen. Then maybe you might apply for 8000 because you may have like overheads and you want a bit of wiggle room in case things go mm. wrong. But it, it's looking, what do I need and what am I applying for? Because there's no point in applying for £15,000 where £5,000 of it is unaccounted for. 
mm. because it's like is that is that a good use of everyone's time and money to be giving you that if that makes sense yeah well i mean as far as someone like prs might be concerned if you don't account for five thousand pounds you might just be going on holiday or something you know like it's not even that i just think it, it just it just looks a bit lazy mm. so i think you best go and what do i need what does it cost let me ask for that which sounds like a really basic piece of advice but i think a lot of artists are just like uh, uh, blind panic about writing a budget yeah i mean i can really see the like 500 pr thing because that's the kind of thing that you probably like when you're like strategizing in your head you probably think of but not like that's not what someone who's marketing a funding application is going to be looking for they're going to be looking for something that's a lot more specific do you have any examples when you've like the really bad budgets that you've come across I'm never going to say because I had confidentiality of what I've seen, mm. but it's just things like if you've got, say, you're, I go on your Instagram and you've got 3,000 followers and like a 1,000 follower listings on Spotify and then you're wanting tw- like 11 grand for PR, mm. I'd be like, is this justified? Is this yeah. really going to achieve the aims you want from it? I, is this the best use of everyone's time and money? Which yeah. sometimes it isn't. <laughs> so that's like the basic examples I give of, of sometimes and it's just like you, you're walking around telling me about your project in a roundabout way but it's like you know, just make it very clear in your application what you actually want to do mm. I'm releasing this album on this day I want to do a tour at these venues because I have fans in these cities so yeah. something as simple as that like and making it very clear like treating us like we're, we're children I want this thing I have done this thing. This is good. Mm. Because it's like when you're reading so many of them as well, it's like, well, you need to be getting your point across. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Because, uh, yeah, it's like, there's so, there's so many that are being, it's kind of like when you're doing, when you're doing maths at school and you've got to show you're working because they're seeing yeah. so many that if they see the number, they'll give you the marks. But if they see the working, then I think it makes, makes it a lot easier. Well, yeah, it, it's just, it's a bit lazy if you're just writing like recording and it's like, well, how many days are you doing? Who are you, have you got a producer? And it's good when you see the names of someone they want to work with or a company mm. because I'm like, okay, well, clearly you have researched. You haven't just gone, yeah, we're going to record. It's, this is a vibes-based thing. We're submitting where we've actually yeah. not organized. It's like, well, it's great to know that you've actually put the time and the effort into work with a producer on this studio. I want to spend three days doing this. It's going to cost this. And then the mix and a master and we'll be with this person. Cost this. Okay, great. You've justified it to me. Yeah makes sense yeah um another aspect that kind of is kind of falls under the budget a little bit is but sometimes you're asked to do like a marketing plan and like strategize that kind of thing um yeah where, where do you sort of start with that there's no one route i think it's so different for every artist because like, mm. some artists who are willing to like do stuff on tiktok and then other artists who are like i hate social media i want to focus more on like legacy like i want to go get myself in more print magazines or online blogs I want to do this type of like like a girl made a beer um that she wasn't using the money for that but there was someone in a funding application it wasn't for something else and she was like oh yeah I'm making like a beer and it has like my contact details on the QR code link to my song that I'm giving out at events and I was like see that's interesting and a bit fun so people do weird stuff like that as well so Marketing can be as basic as I want to go to these places, I want to be on these shows and talk about these things, but it can be like really interesting, weird niche stuff as well. Like yeah. I want to send, there was one girl I vaguely remember that was really interesting. Her album was about like being heartbroken or something and she was going to write like heartbreak letters to people and something, but it was just a really interesting yeah. and weird sort of marketing campaign that, that was cool. 
But you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you just have to, like, once again, justify it and show that you've actually made a bit of an effort. Yeah. I mean, do you think, do you think those kind of niche things can be, like, really important? I remember I was, um, I was listening to a band, I think it was Arcs, who were doing a talk, and they were talking about how they did, I cannot remember what they did now, but they did, like, some really weird, wacky merch items. See, that's They're, great. Like, really I think that's, that's a really good example of just show, like show that you've thought about what you are you're not just doing the template of i release single i make merch i do tour it's like okay well that's great that's that's how most people do do it but what are you doing that's specific to you Mm. which i think a lot of people can forget yeah i mean i know it's definitely different for every artist but i think one of the problems a lot of people have with a marketing plan is that they probably haven't really like spent money on marketing before like a lot of artists have mostly just done like social media stuff and like maybe like magazines and press and stuff mm. of people they know and meet but like how if like you're navigating doing paid marketing in an application like this for the first time where where should like most artists start i don't think it's paid marketing. it can be like the stuff you mentioned like the getting on blogs magazines things like that that's all marketing mm. and i think a lot of artists that you see at the levels we're looking at it'll be on like merch or some like interesting sort of thing they want to do for maybe a viral video or something like mm. that and so it it's very artist specific. It's not like this is what I can tell you that works sort of thing, because marketing is so specific to the artist. Like maybe a folk artist might not want to be on TikTok doing a dance, but then maybe like a pop artist would be into that. And it's like, obviously mm. that's ge- quite a generic example, but it's not the one size fits all approach, which would be yeah. great if it worked for everyone. But it's very artist specific. I think in many ways of what they're willing to give out and what they want to keep to themselves. It's very different. Mm. Um, how do you obviously um, you get a lot of there's a lot of competition for all of these funds mm-hmm. right I mean you mentioned that you mark was it 30 to 40 of like the PRS ones how many applications like come through on a fund like that generally I don't know because I, I'm not involved in any of that side of it I just mm. the Good way question. it works with, with my market with my market is I just get sent stuff and I market and send it back and then sometimes I'll then be on a panel where we decide who gets the money or that will go to another panel and I won't hear about it again and then I'll see in a few months' time who's got the money. Yeah. So there's different levels to it and it's it's. I think it's good to be removed from that way. I don't know who's coming in. I don't know much about them. I never see a funding application from someone I know. I reject it mm. because obviously it's not fair for me to mark an application yeah. from you, someone you, I know. Is that like you send it to someone else to mark it or do you just flat out uh, well, say it, no? Basically, more than one person marks it because I think obviously music is so subjective because we're listening to the music as well. So it can't just be one person marking it. So I might submit it and give the music a seven out of 10. And then someone might submit it and give a 10. And then it goes, I don't know how they work it all out, but multiple people will have marked these applications on music and the application. And then it goes back to the team and then they do some magical working out that leads to a shortlist. And then a panel decides on the shortlist. Mm. You you mentioned the music side of it. I think it'd be really interesting to know because there's so many different ways that you can send music and so many different like options for like links to share music and stuff. Do you do you have like a favourite? Um, the majority of people use Spotify or YouTube links, and then if it's unreleased stuff, SoundCloud. Mm. So make sure your links work. Honestly, there's been applications I've got when it's been a broken link or it's been like you cannot access this as a private link, and I'm like, you had one job just put in the right link because it's like you're actively making it so i won't give you i won't like put you forward for the money sort of thing because if i can't listen to the music i can't justify giving this a mark 
which can be it's really frustrating so that's a really big thing to make sure that you're getting right and it's like am i submitting the best of my work as well because some people will submit really random weird stuff and i'll be like is this justifying what you want to do although they'll they'll send you like a folk track and be like but i'm gonna move on to electro pop now and i'm like well why are you sending us a folk track i'd rather you send us a demo of what you want to do next because that would make more sense because i could actually hear where it's going rather than you sending like a folk track that you may that may be good i may really like it and i'll say that but then i'll be like but if you're wanting to be an electro pop artist now this is a bit of a juxtaposition between what you're asking and what you're actually giving us mm, definitely i mean um i mean one, one thing that i do think is really important which i've i've been mentioned for a while is like for this and for a lot of other things don't send we transfer links because yeah, they because they expire yeah. I, i've never had that lucky but i think the funding applications like i know prs specifically are very much like send it in these type of format and i think help musicians and all that the ones i've, I've helped him right like people with they're very specific and it's always like come on this is really easy to get right do a spotify link a youtube link or if it's unreleased make it an, a soundcloud link yeah they yeah. just stick to them rules and you'll be fine yeah i think as well there there are other services that you can use but i think using the things that are going to be most familiar is just going to make it yeah the most generic like the easiest to access because some it'll be like you have to do this and i'm like how do i even get to this track or some people send Bandcamp as well. That's a, mm. another example. But sometimes they'll send a generic Bandcamp link and then I'll have seven tracks and I'll be like, I don't have time to listen to seven tracks. Like, you're meant to be showcasing what, what's your best stuff mm. rather than me. But I will do it because I feel bad, but I'll look through everything and be like, okay, well, that track I think is one of the best tracks. So I'll sort of use that. But it's so difficult mm. if, if you've got, if they're just sending you everything rather than specific tracks. Yeah. Um. You, you mentioned that like there's there's a lot of competition for these mm-hmm. um, funding applications. How do you just in general? How do you sort of stand out and like what are what are like what do you think like ninety percent of funding applications are missing if there is something? Well, ninety percent of them are missing a strong budget, which is always a must because I think a lot of artists shy away from it. It is I hate this that it's like nigh impossible for me to tell you what makes a good funding application. I think coherency, a good budget making it very simple and very clear this is what i've done this is what i want and mm. this is what it's going to achieve and this is what's going to happen next because we want to sh- it's like you want to show well if they invest the money in you you're going to go on to do some cool stuff and i think prs foundation if you look at what the artists they've funded over the years including like little sims and stuff like that mm. artists have gone on to be incredibly successful they have a good hit rate of working with people who go on to do really cool stuff at the early stages of their career yeah so that's really important. So it's submitting your your best music, or and like it's a sales pitch essentially. At the end, the end of the day, but a well written one. Yeah. So uh, I hate that I've given you not the best advice there. I hate no, that, no, there's been I, a lot I just of hate that stuff, I can't actually. say like, oh no, no, of oh, course, you but... do this thing and it works really well because <laughs> it's it's sometimes I'll be listening to a folk artist, then I'll listen to some grime music, then I'll get like a heavy heavy metal track, and it's like it's so different and it's so broad and that makes it so hard to mark as well. Yeah. So it, I think they try and group by genre a lot of the time to make it a little bit easier because mm. obviously it's impossible to mark a folk artist against like a grime artist in terms of musical yeah. ability because it's like both the tracks are great. So it could be really difficult. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, just to wrap up, obviously because there's so many applications, the majority of people don't succeed the first time around. Yes. So just I was wondering if you had sort of any advice for people who sort of who've had that first application rejected and what they can sort of do to 
improve on that. that it's sense. not the end of the world. You are one of hundreds of people who get rejected. And it's like, you may get rejected three or four more times. But it's like asking for the feedback and taking it on the chin, not mm. being defensive about it. Because you can, I think, uh, help musicians and all that. You can They can send you written feedback or you can jump on a call with someone. And when they're talking, even though it is your personal project, was what you submitted the best? Mm. And like, retrospectively looking back and going, was I in the right position for that funding, really? It's like, well, no. It's like, okay, then. It's like, well, what you put in was little, but you got something out of it that you can then use again. Essentially, I think is important. Some people get rejected six or seven times, and then they'll get it at the time they need it. Then it's like, okay, it's justified now. And you might know this that this person's applied a few times. It's like, okay, well, actually, they're not, they now made a very strong case, and you're like a veteran of it at that point. Mm. But yeah, it, it's just incredible. It can be incredibly difficult and disheartening the first time it happens. But then you just realise that rejection is just a natural part of the course, and it's not. Per- it's never a personal thing. It's not like your music was atrocious and we hate you and we never want to hear from you again. It's like you know what? I don't think it was the right time, which can be frustrating. Or this was in- this section was incredibly weak. And you need to improve on this. And then that gives you something to work towards, which is where I sort of help artists and stuff and go, okay, well, what can we do to improve this for next time? 